0: Welcome to the Scales and Tails podcast, where we unveil the secrets to weight loss. I'm your host, Brianna Fia Keen, accredited practicing dietitian, mum of four and foodie fanatic who is constantly hungry because I talk about food all day long. Wouldn't that make you hungry too? Join me as I delve into the essential pillars that shape your weight loss journey, including mindset and motivation, nutrition and healthy eating, exercise and fitness, effective weight loss strategies, behavior change and habits, sleep and stress, and nurturing a positive body image through self-care. Are you ready to embark on a transformative journey with me and my guests? I'm here to help you. Let's do this. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest, Andrea who is an exercise physiologist who I work with um, in one of my contracted jobs. So together, we see patients who are using um, either medications or um, surgical or balloons to help with their weight loss. So I'm really keen to talk to Andrea today all about the exercise side of
1: things. Um, And I'll let her introduce herself. Welcome, Andrea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's really um. It, this is the first time I've done something like this, so I'm um also scared, but looking forward to it. Um, always willing to uh, share what exercise physiology is because most people are unaware. Um, but just a little bit about myself. I have been an exercise physiologist for coming up to fourteen years now. Um, and it's something I kind of just fell into because I, when I finished school, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and um. I ignored the science part, but sport and exercise looked like it would be fun. So, um, you know, a bachelor's degree and a master's and here I am. But I truly love what I do. Um, And so, yeah, I'm always willing to share what the role of exercise physiology is and help people.
0: And so how is your week planned out as an EP at the moment?
1: Oh, at the moment, I am quite busy. So I work um, full time in a hospital. So I specialise in, um, I guess you say, cardiometabolic. So I work here in the cardiac rehab and heart failure service. So anyone who's had a heart attack, a stent, bypass surgery, um, who's living long-term with heart failure pre and post transplant. So it's a really, um, I guess, uh, well-rounded job where I see people at different points in their life. And so my role is kind of behavior change. So I'm here Monday to Friday, 7 to 3.30, um, and then I also um, have a very small private practice where we kind of um, cover other areas of exercise physiology. So we're not limited to one thing. We we do chronic disease management, so diabetes, heart disease, um, some rehab, so workers' compensation and CTP rehab, and we also work in the disability um, scheme. So um, helping people to improve their function and quality of life, uh, and. To add to that, I also um, teach Masters of Exercise Physiology students. So, about four hours of my week is spent um, teaching soon-to-be exercise physiologists, and um, it's I guess a good a good um, balance between the two, passing on. Sometimes you know theory and practice are completely different, so it's good to pass on both.
0: Exactly, and just to top it all off, she's also a mum of two and expecting another one, so she gets the busy life as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so with everything that you do, is there like an area or a client that you really love to work with that you are, you know, it really lights you up?
1: Yes. I like, because I work in cardiology, one area I'm really passionate about is metabolic health. Um, so I pursued some further study um, about eight years ago and I'm now a credential diabetes educator. So I'm really passionate about, I guess, prevention but also treatment so a lot of the things relating to heart disease and diabetes can be managed with you know healthy diet and regular exercise Um, And so I guess my goal is to promote the benefits of that because sometimes it's very easy to just throw a tablet at a problem where we can do other things that will kind of help you holistically. Um, So I would have to say that diabetes and heart disease and and weight management are kind of my areas of passion because just motivating people to kind of make small changes that can improve their health in such a significant way.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I actually spent seven years at ACT Health working for the diabetes service there. Oh. And so we never had an EP, but we are always trying to get funding for it. Like we had social workers and nurse and psychs and endos and we just – you know, it was a working progress to get that EP. Everyone knew that that was the
1: missing piece of the puzzle. I don't know if they have now. I'm long gone. Um, oh, but in New South Wales, we only have one in the whole state. We have one exercise physiologist working in a diabetes service, and that is a temporary position. So yeah. I think I think <laughs> I would, it I would say Canberra's the same. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just the unknown, like and how we can contribute to the team. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is really unfortunate because,
0: you know, even today I was having conversations with someone who wasn't tolerating her medications particularly well and I'm like, so you know that exercise does the exact same thing, so the more exercise we can do, like, it can play a role in this medication that you're not really getting along with. (laughs) Definitely. And so you talked before about, you know, not many people knowing what an EP does. You know, I see so many clients who confuse EPs and physios so I want you to set the record straight Mm -hmm. with everyone and let us know what the difference is.
1: It's a very common question and also at times can be controversial I guess with within a lot of allied health professionals there is some gray area where it's like or who does what. Um, I guess the one thing that I can differentiate between exercise physiology and physiotherapy is that um, just like the healthy eating guidelines, we also have Australian physical activity guidelines. And these are the minimum requirements for everyone, regardless of age, gender, health status. Um, And so everyone should be doing these to either prevent or even treat chronic disease. And so our goal as exercise physiologists is to help each person achieve that um, in whatever way they can. So you know, the two modes of exercise we commonly prescribe are cardiovascular and resistance training. So whilst maybe a physio, you might go see them when you have, you know, back pain or a shoulder injury, or sometimes these days um, people are being referred to physio for um, chronic disease as well. But I could say that we are the experts because we truly study those modes of exercise and what Mm -hmm. dose is the right one for each person. And whilst you might have back pain or knee pain or, you know, shoulder pain, we take all of those things into consideration. And our goal is to help you overcome previous barriers barriers, to establish a plan that you can stick to, like, lifelong, forever and ever. Mm.
0: So the way I tend to put it towards my patients is that if you've got an injury, a physio can help that injury with manipulation and exercises, whereas an EP will prescribe exercise based on your limitations.
1: Yes, and our goal is to get you meeting those activity <laughs> guidelines.
0: <laughs> so I hope that has cleared it up for everyone. Um, for people who don't know, just like seeing a dietitian, you can see an EP on a Medicare-based care plan. Um, so if you didn't know that, you can. And I believe get private health insurance as well.
1: Yes, definitely. We are covered... Yeah. Um, under private health and also in the workers' comp field and also NDIS schemes as well. Yeah, and CTP. Lots lots of avenues to explore. Yes. So
0: if I was just starting out with exercise,
1: where do you think I should start? Oh, that's a million-dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think the biggest thing to starting an exercise program is when people go from zero to 100 um, and I guess engaging in an exercise program, the biggest barrier is adherence and and motivation to do that. So, I think even though we have our guidelines of say like half an hour of walking every day or half an hour of cardio every day and three days of weight training, you don't have to start there Mm. and it's all about behavior change. So what I would encourage you to do is pick something that you enjoy. So if you're talking about aerobic exercise, you might enjoy cycling or rowing or walking, Um, but whatever it is you enjoy, start with something that you think is realistic. So maybe 10 minutes every other day. And then once you get used to that, then gradually increase it till you meet. Yeah, it's Whatever. all about getting that, like that habit started and then you can always build on it. Yeah, that's the hard part. And I so I think like New Year's resolutions are a, a... – very bad example of this where people like yep i'm going to go to the gym every day i'm going to do an hour of cardio i'm going to do this this and this and then come february they're like oh that was too much and i (laughs) cannot handle it." and they just go back to doing nothing so just starting with a little bit and just gradually increasing um would be the best my biggest tip to you just start you don't have to you know achieve everything in, in in a week just start slow and gradually increase
0: and I love that you said find something that you enjoy. So I was talking to a patient who'd come to me with pre-diabetes today and she said, oh, I'm thinking about joining the gym, but I hate gyms. And I looked at her and I'm like, then why would you join something that you hate? She's like, oh, because I'm supposed to. It. Well, what else yes. do you like? And she's like oh, I like swimming. And I like, and I can tell you're a really sociable person. So I think you kind of like group stuff. She's like, oh, yes, I do. And so then we looked at what some of those other options were for her. And the key is always find something that you like and enjoy or you're not going to stick to it. You know, if it's a chore, it's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people associate exercise and gym as like, the be all and end all but there are so many different things you can do um, and I guess that's part of an exercise physiologist role is to find what works for you um, because long-term adherence is is the main goal
0: exactly and so you talked before about the different types of um, training and activity so can you expand a little bit more about what the difference is between the strength-based training and the cardio-based training um, and why they are actually helpful
1: Yeah, definitely. So cardiovascular exercise is anything that's like a cyclic movement um, and you kind of do for a longer duration and it gets your heart rate up and your lungs working. Um, That exercise is really important for, say, your fitness. So when you're When you're doing that type of exercise, you know, the basic guidelines uh, say to aim for moderate intensity exercise. So what that means is you work, if you take walking, for example, you're walking a little bit faster than you normally would. You might be a bit short of breath, a bit hot and sweaty, but still able to maintain a conversation. So often when I see people, they're like, no, I don't like to run, but you don't have to run. You just need to walk a little bit faster than your baseline to get your heart rate and blood pressure up. And so when that happens, a whole host of things are happening. Your heart, your heart says, oh, that's a bit hard and it repairs itself so it gets stronger so then we see improvements in blood pressure um you know after a bout of exercise your good cholesterol is increased so your good cholesterol is like a garbage truck it goes through and removes all your bad cholesterol um so it helps kind of lower cholesterol that way as well and i guess from the the biggest most people think you have to ex like the only reason to exercise is for weight management and exercise is very beneficial for weight management because you are burning calories when you're doing that. So when you're working at your normal intensity and doing your activities of daily living, it doesn't have that effect. Um, It does at a lower intensity, but when you start to work harder, you start to burn more calories. So when we, when we're talking about weight loss and we, you know, we recommend if you want to increase that calorie deficit exercise um, in addition to diet is, is a good way to, do both to, to help with that. Um, with your strength-based training, a long time ago, people used to think you just do it when you are young to look good. Um, but there are so many health benefits, and I think it's more important to do it, you know, after your 30s than it was before that. Um, Particularly start- for these premenopausal women. Yes, yes, definitely. So I see a lot of people and they're like, I just, it's just, I don't know what happened. It's just after age that I've noticed that it's really hard. So the amount of muscle you have controls your metabolic rate. So the more muscle you have, the faster you're burning calories. Um, and then, but you know, as we get older, we lose muscle. So it starts to decline at 30, um, quite slowly, probably like 1% a decade. But from um, 50 onwards, we lose 1% a year and between 60 and 70, 2 to 3% per year. So what happens is your muscle is going down, um, your metabolism is slowing down and then you start to see your weight slowly creep up. And the reason we're concerned about weight is because it kind of releases toxins. They're kind of like a computer virus. They get into your organs, your heart, your liver, your your pancreas, and they cause all of these things like um, cholesterol, blood pressure, fatty liver disease, heart disease. So uh, maintaining a healthy weight is really important. And resistance training is one way to do that by maintaining your body's efficiency. Uh, But it's also really good when you think about your normal activities of daily living. A lot of people find that You know, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't carry the groceries. I had to do two trips or it just keeps up your strength to kind of have a good quality of life and do all the things you need to do. And it's really important for bone strength as well. So when that weight bearing exercise Um, increases our bone density. So it reduces the risk of osteoporosis. Um, And it's also really good for arthritis. So when you're exercising, it releases a synovial fluid. It's kind of like WD-40. So it um, lubricates the joints and it's got lots of nutrients in there. So it's really helpful for prevention and also treatment of arthritic conditions. So um, a combination of both is is kind of best practice because you get the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thanks for that the, the definition. I think the only other thing that I would add in there is in terms of benefits of exercise would be for mental health as well.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. When you exercise, it releases endorphins and endorphins make you happy and it's the same as chocolate, but exercise is... Calorie, of, free. <laughs> yeah. Calorie free. yeah and a lot of people will find that once they start an exercise regime like the one thing I hear most is like I have more energy I'm mm. able to get up and get more things done um mm. like you know, no one ever does exercise and says
0: oh I regret doing that no never like it there was like I'm better. so
1: glad I actually did that yeah I think <laughs> as getting, hard as it is to start yeah just starting that like I used to go to the gym every morning at five o'clock and getting up was the hardest part. But once I finished it, I was like, Oh, so glad I feel so good. It's a good way to start the day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So is there any particular exercise that is most beneficial for weight loss? So we've talked about cardio. We've talked about strength based. How do we perhaps combine them to get the most out of it?
1: Yeah. Okay. This is a big question we, we get often. Um, the, the, I guess when we, when we look at the current guidelines, it kind of solely is looking at, uh, cardiovascular exercise because cardiovascular exercise is the one that burns calories. But if you want to kind of have that, um, like overall improvement and change in your metabolic rate and that nice tone look, you need to do a combination of both. So when you're doing that resistance training, you're increasing your muscle tissue, which will help your body be more efficient, your muscles will be nice and toned and strong. Um, so long-term, you need to do the re- resistance train to kind of ma- help with weight maintenance and to kind of be more efficient. Um, but definitely the cardiovascular exercise, the number then, you know, for weight loss, they recommend an hour a day for, for weight loss. That half an hour a day is kind of for your overall health yeah, benefits. It's going to keep your blood pressure down, um, your levels down. You know, we want to increase that calorie deficit, they say, the cardiovascular exercise is what's going to do that because it burns calories at a higher rate than resistance training. But a fun fact for you: with, um, you know, when we're talking about metabolic rate, with a bad of cardiovascular exercise, it, your metabolic rate will increase to here and then it will stay there for about an hour or two. Whereas with resistance training, it will increase to about here and it stays there for about 24 to 48 hours. So,
0: interesting. I love fun facts.
1: <laughs> okay we are
0: back so is there any intensity or duration that's going to help with further weight loss so i guess we've talked about the duration so that's 60 minutes more likely to help with weight loss and that 30 minutes a day is that you know recommendation for the weight maintenance and to keep your blood pressure down your cholesterol down your sugar levels down what about the intensity So whether we're doing cardio or strength-based training.
1: Yeah, of course. So that 60 minutes a day is of a moderate intensity, so kind of walking a bit faster than you normally would, being a bit short of breath and sweaty. Um, Some people uh, may choose to do high-intensity exercise. um, And I guess the good thing about that is – For those who kind of don't have any injuries and are a bit time poor, it's a good option because the minutes required is halved. So um, 15 minutes of high-intensity exercise is equivalent to a 30-minute walk and 30 minutes of (laughs) high-intensity is equivalent to 60 minutes. And that can be broken up. So, for example, you could do a 15-minute high-intensity workout in the morning and 15 minutes in the afternoon, like a body weight, you know, get your yeah. heart rate up, a bit hot and yep. sweaty for 15 minutes. And that would be equivalent to your 60-minute walk a day, which is sometimes more manageable for people, especially these days when we've got lots going on yeah, um, yeah, and it's Better interesting
0: because I said to my personal trainer, I can only do thirty minutes. Like if you write anything longer, it's not gonna happen because like I just need to squeeze this in where I can. <laughs> and so what is normally a 30 minute workout probably does end up being an hour because I have kids coming in and they want to show me how they can do push-ups as a six year old, et cetera. And it takes forever, but <laughs> it's really helpful to know that that 30 minutes is kind of equivalent to sixty anyway.
1: Yes, definitely. And so, yeah, you get more bang for your buck with the high intensity. Um, And sometimes people really like that high intensity workout because they feel like they've achieved a lot in that short time. Um, And they, you know, if you have further improvements in in terms of fitness and things like that. So um, it just depends on the person. Like some people are completely fearful of high intensity exercise. That's okay. You don't have to do that. Um, But for those who are keen to engage, then it's a good option.
0: Fantastic. Do you have anything else you would like to share? Where can people find you?
1: Oh, where can you find me? Um, so we kind of uh, are based in Sydney, uh, Western Sydney. So, uh, you can see us in Quakers Hill, uh, Blacktown, or Penrith, um, and sometimes in Parramatta. But if you hop on to our social media, so um, Perfect Fit underscore Health Solutions, um, you will find us. Uh, we. What about more telehealth? Oh, uh, telehealth. Yes, definitely telehealth. Sorry, I completely forgot about that. So most of <laughs> our healthy weight stuff is hel- is te- uh, telehealth. Um, yeah. And I'm actually, we're doing a little bit more on this online health coaching. And we've had some yeah. really great outcomes. And I've got a couple of reviews, which I will soon be posting on our social media. But a lot of people think to see an exercise physiologist need to go there and, you know, they're going to you know get the whip out and get you moving but um most for like long-term behavior change most of it is a back and forth. it will be same the same as dietetics most of it's a back and forth conversation that didn't yeah. work let's try this um and so i think the most important part of of like the online health coaching is kind of building a rapport and finding someone you trust and that you're able to share both the wins and losses without any judgment so yeah um, and it's
0: funny because i'll often have clients say oh I I was going to cancel this appointment because I don't really have much to tell you because I haven't been doing very well. And I'm like, that is exactly the time you need to come and talk to me.
1: Yes, definitely. Because that's our job to work with you to work out what's working, what's not, and how can we get you there? Um, And so there's not one size fits all. We can't just give you an exercise program and say, do this because what works for you won't work for another person. So it's a lot of back and forth and trial and error. So definitely you can find us um, with the online uh, telehealth Um, But yeah, uh, perfect for health solutions. You can find us on our website as well, but always more than happy to help anyone in need.
0: Amazing. So I hope that clarifies for all of the listeners what EPs do um, and a little bit about the type of exercise that you could perhaps investigate a little bit more. Um, And if you do need help with designing a plan that's going to be suitable for you and your weight loss goals, your metabolic health goals, um, Andrea and her team are there to help, so um, feel free to reach out anytime for, to speak to any of those. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. You're welcome. Podcasts aren't so scary after all, are they? Yes, definitely That's not. All all that, I that have off
1: the bucket list.
0: <laughs> Another episode of done and dusted. <laughs> Thank here. you. Thank you Tales so and Tales, unveiling the secret of weight loss podcast. I hope you found valuable insights and practical tips to support your weight loss journey. Remember, sustainable change takes time. So be patient, kind to yourself. I'd love for you to head to my website at yourfamiliesnutritionist.com.au. I so appreciate you being here, so thank you. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please reach out to me. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, then I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review so that others can find the podcast and have the opportunity to achieve something they've thought was impossible up until now. Between now and then, when I'm next in your ears, I hope you find the joy in the food you eat and get to share it with those you love, including yourself.